0: In this week's episode, we don't always see horror books take place in the suburban neighborhood, but when they do, boy is it effective. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B.
1: Welcome to Cover B. Hi. Hi. How he is?
0: How you is. (laughs) Good. Uh... (laughs)
1: riveting intro
0: <laughs> look we're engaging with our people yeah right we're building community
1: I can't, every time i go into an episode i'm like don't open with welcome to cover b how's everybody doing because i do it all the time but then i'm like what else do i say <laughs> we,
0: we want we want you as listeners to know that we care about how you're feeling how you're doing your stress level what you got going on in life we care about you what yep. a resource of support and engagement.
1: It's true. Now let's engage.
0: Also comics. <laughs>
1: Let, <laughs> let's engage some comics, shall we? Kind of a light week this week, so this should be a pretty short episode. Yes. Uh, first off, from Image, we are talking about Rain, number one. This is from a story by Joe Hill, horror mastermind Joe Hill, uh, with a script by David M. Boer and art by Zoe Thorgood. Uh, We follow a young lady as she is prepping for the love of her life to move in with her. She's living just a normal day uh, in her small town, saying hello to her neighbors, labeling her neighbors. It's got a fun kind of uh, indie film vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's kind of eccentric and strange, and it feels very relatable and homey. Uh, Anyway, then a bunch of crystals rain down from the sky and kill everybody. (laughs) The end. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wildly creative horror concept. Uh, T, what was your feeling on this?
0: This is a very specific thing, but I want to talk about it because it really struck me and I like it a lot. Okay? In any other book, this would have been set in the city. Yeah. What I like about this book is that it's not. Mm -hmm. It's set in the suburb. All these weird people you meet, all her strange neighbors, all their strange behavior, it feels like an inner city apartment complex. But in this instance, it's not. It's like a cul-de-sac. Yeah. And as someone who was raised exclusively in the cul-de-sac environment, I was only brought up in the environment of the suburbs. This was so relatable, it made it way scarier. I feel like horror movies and horror books tend to double down on the like, we're in the city because you can get a lot more diverse in your characters. And there's a lot more, you know, that typically happens in the city and the city can be more engaging, especially from a comic perspective. Like there's a lot more visually going on in a city environment, but so many of us are cul-de-sac kids. (laughs) So when you said it, In a, like, normal neighborhood (laughs) with normal people. It just felt very
1: real. Very real. I mean, we've all been, like, all us cul-de-sac kids have had that day in August when the weather's getting, like, still summer, but it's not, like, as summer. And it's just, like, a nice day. And everyone's out. And everyone's, like, playing in their yard. And you're rolling through your neighborhood just, like, seeing neighbors and waving. And, like, that's what this is. Yeah. And what I love about this book is that it, it opens telling you what's going to happen. Yes. It opens being, like, and you the cover tells you what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. The opening few pages tell you what's going to happen. Crystal shards are going to rain from the sky and murder anyone who's caught outside. And we know that going in. Absolutely. We see little slices of, you know, the destruction that this caused Uh, And then we just dive into Honeysuckle walking through her street in Boulder, Colorado, waiting for the love of her life to show up. And you know that's going to happen. And that's like, that's such good horror. It is. Is this like slow build tension of like, you know what's going to happen.
0: It's the dread
1: of it. Yeah, Exactly. <clears throat> and it's something that Joe Hill does extraordinarily well, and it's just, yeah, it's this, and it's it's something that, in my opinion, fits the comic medium so very well. Yeah. Because you don't even have to, like, go into, like, explicit detail, but you can be the exact amount of detailed enough in a comic with words and pictures to set up what's going to happen and still leave enough mystery that the tension just boils
0: Oh yeah, the and whole time.
1: She's you know, you're meeting people that you like and you're like, No, don't show me this person that I like. And she's telling you how they die as you meet them, and it's just this slow grind of you know, build to this point where it all crashes down and it's such a unique type of horror. Yeah. It's it's amazing.
0: It's like kind of body horror, kinda <clears throat> just like that feeling of helplessness Mm -hmm. because you know we think horror so often is depicted as like weird creepy creatures in the night and and like spooky
1: dark dirty kind of things ghosts and goblins and
0: things this literally takes place in the middle of a bright sunny beautiful day
1: yeah and beyond that it's it's not there's no creature no it's not an apocalypse technically it's not like you know it's not one of those stories that's like oh man made horror kind of thing. It's not an extra dimensional or alien things come in. It's literally just like innocuous minerals falling from the sky. It's yeah. a situation and what comes with the situation and the fact that we're in book 1 and it's already happened is insane. Where do we go from here? What is the horror that's going to you know persist? Yeah. Um, it's it's cool. It's such a cool book. I'm so into this book. Uh, it's apparently based off a story from a novella collection by Joe Hill called Strange Weather. He wrote it in 2017. What I think is fascinating about that, and it may just be that this is the lens that we look at everything uh, through these days. But living a mostly normal, happy life, trying to get through and, you know, just existing in the world and waiting for the weather to change and then suddenly having to be afraid of the outdoors is a very realistic feeling.
0: I was thinking the exact same (laughs) thing. I, you know, it makes you wonder how they're going to talk about this moving forward. Like, does this happen again? Is this something that they have to be conscious of moving forward for the rest of their lives? Because, you know, they sit here and watch people they love die literally in front of them. From this freak weather system, like moving forward, do you end up with a uh, uh, an umbrella that is yeah. like a Teflon umbrella that you have to carry with you everywhere? Sounds a little bit like hand sanitizer. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there it's, is there? Do you have to change the way you live moving forward? Yeah. Because yeah, of things like this, it's
1: it's interesting how well this relates to the the panini. It just is. Yeah. And again, like I, I looked it up after I read this. I was like, is this Joe Hill writing about the pandemic? Uh, it's not. He wrote it in 2017. That's wild. Or it was published in 2017. He may have wrote it earlier. Uh, but it just fits. And it's it's relatable. It's, it's crazy that we no longer really live in a world where that sort of sudden chaotic fear is kind of... Only in isolated things, you know what I mean. Yeah, like absolutely, you know, for those of us that witnessed and experienced nine eleven, it was a terrifying day. uh but it was still kind of isolated. Like the yeah. the real chaos and the real fear was for those people in New York and braving it, and the first responders and things like that. Um, you know, I was in Atlanta at the time. I was in Georgia, and there was a fear at the school I was going to. And apparently in that school district that Atlanta might be another target. So there was a fear that kind of like trickled through, but I've talked to people who live where I live now down in Florida and it was just, you know, they watched it on the news and it was scary, but it never really didn't have that same ripple. Yeah. You know, and, but the pandemic hit everybody. Yep. And even though it wasn't sudden, it felt sudden because it got out of hand really fast. And even though we're still in it, The first couple months when things were shutting down, states were shutting down, no one really knew when a vaccine was going to come. No one, there was crossed information about, you know, what, who's at risk and what sort of things are, you know, co mortem. And it was, it was terrifying. And I don't have to explain that. Everyone experienced it. And so it's, it's crazy that we can see a book like this now, which is a common book, like a, you know, uh disaster movies and things like that have been right. around forever and apocalypse comics aren't necessarily a new thing but seeing someone at the onset of it just living going from living a normal life to suddenly everything's changed and will I be ever to able to leave the house ever again like trying to get information trying to figure it out trying to figure out what's next uh is horrible Horridly and sadly relatable nowadays.
0: It's, it's 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 true. And it's interesting too because you know, one of my favorite memes right now relates directly to this. It's like people watched um Avengers Endgame and they were like, How are we supposed to believe that people are just gonna go about their lives yeah. after all these people come in from the blip? And and this like huge worldwide catastrophic upheaval of existence. How are you just gonna go about your lives? And then we experience twenty twenty. It's like, oh oh (laughs) i guess that's exactly what you do
1: (laughs) yeah this book's it's crazy good i i like this i was really excited about it when i heard about it it delivered the art's wonderful zoe Thorgood does a great job the characters are incredibly relatable which is and just you love them you enjoy them the second you meet them and that's just uh that's just david and boer's style yeah. Like, I, every time he touches a book, I'm excited about it because it's wonderful stuff. Uh, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be real good. It's some of the coolest. It's some of the most tension I've felt reading a book. Knowing what was... Just sitting there knowing what was going to happen and... Like that's, that's good horror. That's how you make good horror Agreed. is you give the audience just enough to know what's going to happen Yep. so that they're always on edge. They're always ready for it. And you, you meet these people and you see these people and you're like, no, please don't be a part of this. And then before you know what it, it happens, it's so good. It's, really ah, good. it's so good. <laughs> I love this one. I love this book. Uh, Next up. Last book that we're talking about today, like I yep. said, it was kind of a short week. Short week. Uh, we have a book called We Ride Titans. Uh, this was written by Tress Dean uh, with art by Sebastian Perez. Uh, in this book, we see a large uh, kaiju fighting mechanical suit of some kind uh, in the midst of fighting a kaiju. Uh, and this is from Vault Comics, by the way. Uh in the midst of fighting a kaiju the pilot is not at the top of his game. <laughs> he is a little bit inebriated. Uh don't drink an Optimus Prime kids. It's true. Uh anyway, he makes some mistakes causes some collateral damage is an embarrassment to the city government and the city protectors. We kind of get a little bit of drip feed world building. Obviously, kaiju are a part of the world, and cities are protected by, like, established protectors, which are controlled by, I don't know, a corporation or a government organization. I don't think we've really, like, decided. But basically, every city has their own protector. Uh, We see that to the extent of we see a character driving through, like, a desert highway, and off in the distance, there's a city... And there's just a kaiju fighting, and she's just driving, like, whatever, this is Tuesday. Um, we follow mainly the original pilot's sister. She is working as a mechanic, not in the same city that her brother is the protector of. And she gets a surprise call from her mom, who is like, hey, we need your help. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously not very cool, there's some family tension there. Anyway, that's really the like crux of this story. Uh honestly it was a bit cliched, but uh, it did have some really solid writing for something that presented like a lot of ideas that I feel like we've seen before. The dialogue was really handled well. T, what'd you think?
0: So this is explicitly why I wanted to talk about this book, because I'm torn. I'm super torn about this book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because.
1: Yeah. I, I actually didn't originally, originally we were only going to talk about rain. Right. And then you wanted to talk about this. I want one.
0: to talk about this book. And the reason I want to talk about this book is because this is something that I keep see. I see. I keep seeing this. Is not what is the grammar for this? I keep seeing this particular type of behavior recur. It is very well written. Mm-hmm. The characters are well done, mm-hmm. they're organic. There is a lesbian couple that does not feel lesbian for the sake of being lesbian. <laughs> they just feel very natural like normal people. The characters feel very organic. Nobody feels like a trope, nobody feels like an archetype per se. The dialogue is handled very well. The depiction of what's happening is done well. Um and and how they handle the circumstances mm-hmm. By and large, it is a very well-written book. And if you're, like, all about the kaiju, this is a book for you, straight up. Yeah. It is a very well-done book. Here's my problem. This is, like, the 10th kaiju book we've had.
1: Yeah, that's...
0: And it's not a new concept around the kaiju. It does focus more on the mech writers than maybe we typically see um in that it's it focuses more on the like relationships of the people but that but but i i don't know to me it's frustrating because i keep seeing this trend in comics where you have good authors good writers good artists working together in tandem to write books about stories that are just stories to be written because it fits in what's getting published right now. And it's what people are buying. It's not necessarily a story that particularly matters. Yeah. It's not an independent. It's not a, a creative. It's not an organic story. It's sort of a formulaic story being written by really quality people. And I think what bothers me about that is that I feel like, there had to have been another story that could have been told by this author, by yeah. this cre- the creator set, that would have been more unique.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I originally wasn't planning on talking about this one. <laughs> I just thought it was... We've seen it before. It's a, it's a lot of I've seen this yeah. kind of energy. And I disagree with you about the archetypes. I think, honestly, every character in here is an archetype. Uh Like it's all character types that we've like seen the the edgy short-haired lesbian who disagrees with her family and never wears sleeves <laughs> seen it the you know high up in the military and or like recognized as the protector of blank guy who's dealing with some stuff and drinks a lot seen it so i you know i it it's been done like it, every yeah. corner of this book has been done. It is done here very well. So again, if you like Kaiju books, if you're looking for more Kaiju books, if you like Pacific Rim, uh, if you like, you know, various other like giant person and or person in giant mech is a conflicted individual and also fights kaiju type books that are out there and you just are itching for another one here you go I think kaiju are definitely the hotness right now and I think in a year or so they're going to replace vampires on my I'm just tired of this yeah. uh yeah. uh spectrum my list of I'm just tired of cuz vampires have chilled out and kaiju have taken off and I'm here for it if it's done well I have read kaiju books that are done Well, like just the other week we were talking about Mega, was it called? Mm -hmm. And it was just a really beautiful book and had interesting kind of fantasy to it and mythos to it. There's a book we read a long time ago and talked about called Kaiju Score, which was about people doing a heist while a kaiju was in a world where kaiju were regular. Mm -hmm. You know, they were waiting for an evacuation of a predicted kaiju attack, and then they were going to do a heist and things go wrong. And, you know, those kind of things are interesting. But if you're going to just give me another, like, this guy's in charge of fighting kaiju, but he's damaged. So now there's family drama kind of thing. I'm just, it happens in, like, 90% of the kaiju movies. It happens in, like, 90% of the kaiju books. It's just, it's done. It's been done. I agree. But I do agree that this one is well-crafted, you know? So it's, it's like, we've all had cheeseburgers before, but a nice cheeseburger is good from time to time. You yeah. know, it's not going to be anything more than meat, bun and cheese. But if it's cooked well and it's good meat and it's good seasoning and, you know, it's good cheese and it's good bun, then it's still better than just going to McDonald's. You it's know? why
0: I just I wish when they have these books that are obviously well done, but are doing a story that kind of feels like it's just being done to sell books yeah. I wish you would use that art team and that creative team and the writing yeah, team exactly. to do something else. Yeah. Like that's what my issue is in this instance. This is a bit of a key issue for T is stop wasting quality art Plus, and quality quality creative teams on books just to make sales. But
1: that's that's you know that's the thing, is it's this is we're talking about creator owned books. We're not talking about Marvel. True. We're not talking about DC. They're True. not like hey, you're a great creative team. Can you go write this boring character? Like, this is creator-owned stuff. True. So, like, they chose to do this. Like, they chose to write this story. They felt like this was the story they needed to write. And I'm fine with that. You can write whatever you want to write. Like, that's totally fine. True. But understand, creators, that I personally feel like this has way been done before. Like every aspect of it. yeah. Everyone's an archetype. Everyone falls into a cliche. It's just way been done before. And it may surprise me maybe going into the next couple issues. I don't honestly know if I'm going to pick it up again. I might wait down the road and see if there's a review of it or something that tells me kind of what direction it went. Um, And then maybe I'll pick it up. But it could surprise me. It could take a turn and shift Mm -hmm. and be new and different and exciting. Uh, But everything in the first issue felt like... Every first half an hour of an action movie,
0: right? It makes me wonder too if you know it is creator owned, but did they have to change anything in order to be picked up by Vault? Or I mean, I don't they know. Have I don't, to make change? Like, yeah, edits I don't know or... what the
1: editorial
0: expectation is.
1: Regulation of Vault is yeah. So I can't speak True. for it. Same. Like I know you know Image is creator owned, but Image does hold a lot of editorial heft, right? Because they want to make money. Yeah. Um you know so i don't know if vault is as stringent on that different creator-owned companies are you know less stringent on what they require and you know less pushy with their edits and things like that so it could be that you know they wrote a story that was unique and creative and vault was like change it and they were like okay but you know probably not
0: yeah and i mean it's also entirely possible that they felt that you know, this is the story that's going to make give them the most publicity and, and yeah, widespread mean, approval. Or realistically,
1: whatever, so. like write what you want to write. That's just, true. Just write what you want to write. It's fine. I'm not judging you for, you know, I'm not judging the creative team for wanting to write this story. I just think the story that we've gotten so far. And creators, if you hear this episode, I don't know, maybe you'll hear this episode. Hit me up and let me know if I should expect greater things. I'll pick up the next issue if you hit me up and you're like, hey. I promise you it's going to get better because sometimes, you know, we've talked about this before. Sometimes oh, yeah. you write for the story and not for the issue. Absolutely. And so maybe that, this is a case of that. This is a case of it, you know, having a bigger plan. And unfortunately you're limited to just so many pages per issue. Right. And so you weren't able to get that plan enough into that first issue. Right. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. I yeah. can't speak for it. All I have is issue number one and it, was kind of boring but you know like we said it was well crafted the art's really good Mm -hmm. the you know dialogue and the characters feel real even though they feel kind of cliched in their own way uh so you know if you're looking for a good cheeseburger
0: yeah and sometimes it's all you want
1: yeah sometimes you just want something safe and familiar (laughs) you know and there you are so that's going to do it for us this week. Short week. Yep. Uh, if you want more episodes of Cover B, find them on coverbepodcast.com.
0: That's right. You can also follow us on social media mm-hmm. at CoverB Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.
1: Got a little lost in there. Have a podcast. You can find more of the podcast episodes on social media. It's, uh,
0: it's the problem that my brain works way faster than my mouth. So sometimes my mouth is not formatting all the words freak. right.
1: Yeah. Uh,. <laughs> anyway thank you so much for listening and taking the time out of your day to listen i hope you have a wonderful day and that the rest of your day treats you well or the night treats you well depending on when you're listening to this uh as always i have been chris this has been t yo and you have been joining us on cover me. me
0: bye everybody